Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Today's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 21 through 35. Hear with me now the reading of the word. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but seven times seventy. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children, that they be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before the king and said, be patient with me and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debts and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he exclaimed. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But the first servant refused, and instead he went off and had the man thrown in prison till he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly disturbed and went and told the king everything that had happened. And the king called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the king turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he too could pay back all that was owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, Speak to our hearts in clear tones this morning so that as we are gathered in our homes and gathered in worship for you, that we would clearly hear you would have us be. But more importantly, speak to us so clearly that as we leave this hour of worship, as we shut down the technology and go about our days, that we would be not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. I like the certainty of mathematics. I mean, I like everything about numbers. I just love, I mean, that's just who I am. I mean, I love the fact that if you have one apple and you acquire another apple, that you have two apples. It's just plain and simple, right? I mean, the numbers don't lie. But it works with simple arithmetic and multiplication and division and subtraction. But even when you start to do math with letters like calculus and differential equations, the numbers still add up. They don't lie. 
Even if you get into theoretical math and imaginary numbers, even they are real, which I know is an oxymoron, but they are real. See, numbers help us measure things. They help us figure out how we're doing, how things are ebbing and flowing in life. And if we can measure it, then we can manage it. Because, see, the numbers tell the story. They don't lie. And see, given all of this, it's no wonder that Peter approached Jesus in today's pericope, approached him in the text, and he asked for the formula, if you will, about forgiveness. See, Peter has always wanted to get it right. We know this about him. And he's not afraid to ask the obvious question or the difficult question. He wants to know, is there a standard to forgiveness? If so, I want to know what it is so that I know how I'm doing in forgiving my brother, he says. But you see, the answer that Jesus gives and the parable that follows challenges our way of thinking about the concreteness of numbers. I mean, first of all, in the answer, some texts recorded that Jesus says 77 times, I say. Others say seven times 70. Don't get caught up in the nuances of the Greek or, or, the, Greek or the multiplication. Is it 490 times or is it 77 times? But look at those numbers relative to what Peter asked. Remember, Peter asked, do I forgive my brother seven times? But what Jesus answered was a number much greater than that. And that's the point. And then he follows it up with that parable. The parable of the king who decides to settle his accounts and get his affairs in order and collect all his debts. And when he does that, when he settles that, he realizes he's got a servant that owes him a pile of money. I mean, 10,000 talents is a ton of money in those times. And so he brings a servant forth and he says, you owe me. And the servant says, but master, give me some time. I'll pay it back. Give me some time. And the king looks with pity on his servant and he says, you know what? Just the goodness of your heart, I will cancel the debt. But what does a servant do? The servant goes forth and he runs into a fellow, a, a contemporary, who owes him still a lot of money, but nowhere near the amount that was owed to the king. And he tries to collect the debt in an unmerciful way. And when he does that, he is caught and punished. You see, in the passage, Peter and the disciples through Peter are trying to understand with clarity and certainty with respect to forgiveness what it is that they are to do and therefore what it is that we are to do. But what they learn is that it's not formulaic, that forgiveness is not mathematical, but that it's infinitesimal, that it's not conditional, but that it's absolute. What they learn is that it's a condition of the heart, that it's a gift that is given by the one who has been injured, the one who is owed, the one who has been maligned, hurt, or offended, that forgiveness is the gift given by them. 
It doesn't make what happened right. It doesn't legitimize the wound or the foul or the hurtness that which one is seeking forgiveness for. Instead, forgiveness is about healing the chasm of our hearts. It's about healing the chasm caused in the relationship because of the wound that was received. Forgiveness heals the wounded heart of the one who was injured. See, seven times 70 or 77 times is really less about number and it's more about moving past the hurt, getting over it so that we can go on and that we are not consumed by the pain of those that have hurt us. That we're not consumed by the anger, that we begin to live less of the lives God wanted for us. But now if we forgive, that we are able to move on and live a more rich and full life because our hearts are full of God's grace and love. See, the lesson in forgiven 77 times or 7 times 70 is that we must forgive over and over and over again to be in this constant state of forgiveness over the wound until the pain lessens and the relationship can be rebuilt and restored. Some wounds heal much more quickly than others. And that's what Jesus was getting at, at the large number on times of forgiveness, is that we are to work on forgiveness in our hearts if we have been wounded until the pain is not there, until we don't dwell on it, but live lives that God values. But just as forgiveness is a gift given by that which, by the person who has been hurt, it is also a gift that must be sought by the one who has committed the foul, the one who has hurt others. See, seeking forgiveness is the first act of contrition where we begin to recognize that we have injured or hurt another by our thoughts, our words, or our deeds. And it begins when we recognize this injury and we ask for forgiveness that we begin to realize the depth of the hurt we have caused. But see, we cannot stop there. It's not just enough to ask for forgiveness. Instead, in order to do it, we must show a change of our heart of our condition. Not just a desire to be different, but in fact, to prove to the world that we are different, that we have changed, that we are trying to repent and atone for whatever transgressions we've called and to live better lives and to rebuild a relationship with those that we have hurt. Our seeking forgiveness cannot be conditional. If you'll forgive me, I'll change. But instead, it's gotta be in response to a change. I am so sorry. That's how it starts. It starts with an apology. I am so sorry. And then it begins with how can I heal this? The atonement factor. Please forgive me. Understanding that we cannot earn that forgiveness, that that is a gift given to us, but all we can do is seek it. Again, seeking forgiveness doesn't make our injury okay or doesn't make our foul fine or instantly make it all better, but it begins the healing process. It begins to restore and to rebuild the relationship one action at a time. 
And so as I think of this conversation about forgiveness and Peter asking the question, I think about sort of the rest of the story if we read through Matthew or any of the other Gospels. I think of Jesus there on the cross. And the crowd is yelling, crucify him, and they're excited about the capital punishment that's there. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And while he utters those words, the two criminals on either side of them, one of them says, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus looks at him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. See, what I love about the action that's happening right there is the realization that Christ died for us. Christ died for the crowd that didn't even know what they were saying and what they were doing and how awful it was, but also died for the criminals who confessed their sin right there as they too were being punished. I mean, when I start to think about that on a personal level, the convicting realization is right there. I think of my own shortcomings. Sometimes there are the apparent wounds and fouls and trespasses that I've created against my brothers and sisters and those people that I know and love, and I've gone to them and I have sought forgiveness because those are the things that I know that I have done that have hurt them. But then I'm also positive, as I sit here and share this with you, that over my 50 years that I have caused other infractions, other fouls, other sins, other transgressions, that I am not even aware of how they have impacted and hurt others. Because I never knew, I never realized it. And all I can do is ask God for forgiveness and to try with a contrite heart to be a better person, to live a life that honors God's love for me each and every day. But as I think about my own transgressions, my own shortcomings, my own sinfulness and seeking forgiveness from those whom I have hurt and those whom I'm not even aware that I have hurt, I ask myself this question. Can I forgive? Can I forgive those who have hurt me, those who have known that they have hurt me and that they have apologized, that they have sought that gift of forgiveness. Can I give them that gift? But can I also give the gift of forgiveness to those whom have hurt me that aren't even aware? The things that they said that they thought were innocuous or things that they did that they were even unaware of that they hurt me deeply. Can I do that? Can I forgive seven times 70, 77 times, whatever the number might be, can I forgive until the memory of that pain is beyond me and my heart fills with love for them no matter what? That doesn't make me holier than anyone else, but it realizes if I can do that, I am no more different than anyone else asking for and giving a gift for forgiveness. But what I begin to realize is that my heart is freed up from bitterness. My heart is freed up from pain. My heart is freed up to share God's love with everyone that I meet. And that's the dream that I hope not only for me, but for you as well. For all of the world. 
I think about my dreams for the world and what I hope for us. I think about that gospel imperative where Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he puts it back on him. The answer comes to love my God with all my heart and all my might and to love my neighbor as myself. Oh, how I wish we would just live there and in that place every day. But especially on social media, especially in mean-spirited discussions, especially in political debate, especially in the locker room and around the water cooler, even what that might look like in a post-pandemic world, in all of our conversations, that we would live that way. That we would love God with all of our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. That when we would do that, that we would follow that imperative and stop wounding and hurting each other. blatantly or inadvertently. Because what we do know is that sometimes, sometimes this toothpaste gets out of the tube and before we can keep it from coming out, we realize that we have wounded others. And it's in those moments what I hope, what I wish, is if we find ourselves not living in the land that God wants for us, that land where God is loved with all of our heart and all of our might and our neighbor as ourselves, that we would seek forgiveness. But I have another wish as well. The wish I have is that when others have hurt us, that we would find grace deep within our souls for them, whether they ask for it or not. That we would have grace with our neighbor for the things that they do, the words that they say, the actions that they live that have wounded us that we would find that grace and that we would forgive them 77 times, seven times 70, and then some no matter what, that we would just move to a posture of forgiveness. And here's why. Because Christ on a cross died for us. Because you and I are forgiven by God for the things that we know that we have done that have broken God's heart and even for our actions that have broken God's heart that we are completely unaware of. We are at the same time like the criminals on the cross beside Jesus asking to be remembered in the kingdom, and at the same time like the crowd unaware of what we are saying. And Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. But see, I hope that we move to this posture of forgiveness not only because Christ has forgiven us, but because forgiveness heals our hearts. It protects our souls and enriches our lives. It keeps us from becoming bitter and angry and worn out with the world. It helps us be better people. But forgiveness does one more thing. And it's what the world needs so much these days. Forgiveness begins to heal the world. And that, my brothers and sisters, we can measure. That we can see. The numbers will add up that if we forgive seven times 70 or 77 times and then some, that we can measure the change that we're making in the world by making it a better place. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what Jesus was teaching Peter and the disciples and you and me this day. Is that whatever we bind on earth, God will ratify in heaven. And so this day, may we have hearts full of grace, willing to forgive each other 
for the things that we do so that we might rebuild relationships of love, grace, and mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.